the most valuable part of uh, of me in my career is that I know a lot of really fantastic people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Talk About the Industry. This is a new podcast produced and hosted by yours truly. My name is Matt Miller. In this episode, I'm just going to go over uh, who I am and why I decided to do this podcast, what it means to me, and give you a little bit of context about... um, what you're going to hear and who you're going to hear from and why. And I just felt that it would be uh, good for the podcast in general for me to verbalize all of these things so that you have really so that you have a pretty specific understanding about um, why I'm doing this and what the content you're going to hear uh, is going to sound like. So I guess let's start from the beginning As I've said, my name is Matt Miller. I'm a freelance professional lighting designer. I'm based here in Chicago, Illinois. I spent over 15 years in the industry. Um, I've done a lot of things. Uh, I studied theater and I went into touring contemporary dance. And in the last, uh, in the most recent years, I've spent a lot of time uh, lighting. uh, doing lighting design for not just dance, but also a myriad of other uh, aspects of the industry. I do a lot of corporate and live event work. I do, uh, I've done a little bit of uh, television and um, uh, theatrical shows that are taped for TV. I have done some installations. I've done a little bit of uh, consultant work, um, Basically, uh, I've done some music, some festivals. Uh, I've done a lot of lighting direction as well as associate and assistant lighting design work and um, programming as well. And uh, basically, I make a living as a lighting designer. Uh, My story is not terribly unique, uh, but it might be uh, interesting. So uh, I felt very um, distraught when. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic uh, made its way to our shores here in the United States. And I very quickly saw my entire calendar disappear. And it was a little disheartening. Um, But one of the things that really helped me deal with that was uh, getting to connect to the network of really incredible colleagues and friends that I've built over the years. I've organized a weekly Vectorworks drafting group with a few of us um, just to compare and contrast our workflows and try and help each other get better. Uh, I'm on a handful of happy hour calls with uh, professionals uh, here and there, people that I ordinarily would be working with, you know, in a convention hall, in a theater. Uh, Right now we're, you know, sitting in our respective living rooms and connecting on Zoom. Uh, I've also been, you know, focusing on online training and uh, I've started offering Vectorworks training to the public. And, you know, I've really done my best to, uh, and I think a lot of us in the industry have 
to kind of sharpen our skills and try and get better at the thing that we love doing. But ultimately, I think that the most valuable part of uh, of me in my career is that I know a lot of really fantastic people. And so having uh, the combination of a desperate need for a project, but also um, uh, a really deep want to continue to connect with my network of colleagues and friends, I decided that uh, I wanted to do this podcast. Um, so anyway, um, let's talk about me uh, and and what the hell I've done and how I got into it. I am the child of two opera singers turned uh, music professors and uh, administrators. Um, both my mother and father sang professionally in the United States and in Europe for a number of years. So I grew up in a household that was very supportive of the arts and um, they certainly never uh, pressured me into going into the arts but they definitely um, provided an environment where I was able to try a number of different things. And I ended up gravitating in that direction anyway. Um, we spent a lot of my childhood on the East Coast in and around uh, the New York City area and, uh, and, for, and partly in it. Um, but, we, but I really consider myself an adopted Nebraskan. We moved to the Midwest, uh, specifically to Nebraska, when I was... Um, finishing middle school and I, like so many of us, uh, really got into theater seriously because, uh, my high school had an opportunity, uh, for me to get involved. Um, I was, uh, a decent singer and, uh, enjoyed acting in the plays and musicals that we had. Um, but also I, um, I thought that the lighting board was the coolest thing I had ever seen. Uh, and so I learned how to use this uh, Colortran preset board and control the three worm drive electrics of 1,000-watt uh, scoops that made up most of our light plot. Um, and I just really had a lot of fun with it. Um, in our high school, uh, I grew up in a place called Kearney, Nebraska, which is uh, about 30,000 people. And our high school at the time was the only real um, theater in town that could seat over, uh, you know, maybe 500 people. So consequently, there were a couple of local organizations that would use it for community concerts and that sort of thing. So uh, early on, they figured out that, uh, you know, if they needed lighting, they needed they uh, would call the high school and high school would essentially say like, well, there's this kid that we have who knows how to run the light board so he can help you out. Um, so, and I thought that was just so interesting and so fantastic to try and, uh, to turn the lights on and, and run a show. Um, so I really fell in love with it there. I actually, I went to the university of Nebraska Lincoln. I actually went there on an acting scholarship, uh, and ended up double majoring, I have a BA in theater performance, but also a BFA in uh, design and technical theater with an emphasis in lighting. Um, UNL uh, was a, a great program. It gave me exactly what I needed, which was a chance to do a lot of work. Um, when I went there, I, uh, I didn't know very much about making theater properly, and I really threw myself into that education and... Um, I was very involved as a student and 
did dozens and dozens of productions and uh, did an internship across the street at the Leeds Center for Performing Arts. Um, and I worked summer stock uh, at a, a really great place called Music Theater Wichita. Um, and I learned mostly uh, the kind of the, the way that a uh, straight uh, theater or regional theater would approach, um, design. And, you know, I had a little bit of exposure to dance and music. Um, but you know, the reality is that I was really laser focused on theater. Um, I, uh, had studied the Steppenwolf theater and knew, how that theater came to be. And I was really excited to emulate it. Um, so when I left school, I didn't want to go to New York. I didn't want to go to LA. Um, and I had a handful of friends that were going to Chicago and I wanted to do theater with them. I'd been doing storefront theater with them, uh, in Lincoln. And so I moved to Chicago and, um, that was, uh, right around the, uh, 2008 when the housing market uh, shit the bed. And so my first year or so in the industry, I was just doing, taking every job I could. And it was a really difficult start, but I made it through and, um, I did a little bit of storefront theater on the way, but, um, my first big break was, um, with, uh, Hubbard street dance, Chicago. Uh, I got hired as their production coordinator and then immediately thereafter as their lighting director. And I spent almost five years at the company, mostly as their lighting director, but I also did a brief stint as their interim production manager and did some technical direction work with them as well. Um, that's where I really, uh, grew not just as a lighting designer, but also just as a professional in general. While I was there, I got to tour uh, all over the world and all over the country. Hubbard Street, if you don't know them, is a is a world-renowned touring contemporary dance company. Um, so I, I went to Chile and Russia and Germany and Italy and, um, and all over the U.S., um, and I ended up uh, also designing a lot for them um, and recreating the work of some really fantastic designers along the way. Um, uh, any of you that are thinking about a career in lighting design, I highly recommend trying to become a lighting supervisor or a lighting director somewhere because it's just, there's nothing else like it. Um, it and it makes you a better designer. It really does. So after about five years with them, I decided I wanted to freelance and I thought it was a good time to move to New York. So I packed my bags uh, and I um, applied for and was accepted into USA 829, the designers union. And then I moved to New York and I ended up working with uh, a myriad of people out there, um, one of whom is uh, Al Crawford and Arc3 Design. I spent uh, about a year and a half doing freelance work with them. And also I ended up doing a lot of touring with uh, New York-based contemporary dance companies, um, Jessica Lang Dance, uh, Galim Dance, uh, and also a few other companies that weren't based in New York, um, namely Lines Ballet um, and uh, Ma Paso Dance Company, which is based out of uh, Havana, Cuba. Um, so I, you know, I moved to New York and I still did mostly dance, but I also um, opened my calendar up to um, a little bit of TV and also, uh, open my calendar up to a lot of, uh, large scale corporate events. And, uh, uh, and that really 
opened things up for me. Um, I spent and still spend a lot of time uh, working for Jaeger Design, which is a fantastic lighting design group uh, started by Fabian Jaeger. And they do, um, they're mostly in the corporate realm uh, and they do a lot of events for uh, Microsoft and uh, Adobe and Facebook and Verizon, a lot of the larger um, tech companies. So I that really uh, that really was a huge moment in my career. Um, uh, Fabian and Chris, who are really the uh, the main designers for that company, they've been fantastic colleagues and mentors, and uh, I've really um, grown a lot working with them, and uh, have really and I really was able to expand my network quite a bit working with them as well. Um, uh, and also really learned to truly light for camera as well. About two years ago, I moved back to Chicago with uh, my now fiance, uh, who, um, whom I met at Hubbard Street and who works in arts administration. And uh, I, you know, have, we've spent the last two years uh, uh, here in Chicago and my calendar basically remains the same. I do a lot of uh, dance design. I do a lot of, uh, corporate work, um, and a lot of everything in between, um, uh, programming, drafting, uh, consulting work, and, you know, basically everything that comes my way. That's kind of, uh, uh, me in a nutshell. If you want to look deeper into my work or, uh, you know, see photographs of what I've done, um, I've got a portfolio website that's, uh, M Miller dash lighting.com uh again that's m miller dash lighting.com and i'll put that in the show notes so let's talk about why i'm doing this podcast the reality is that uh our industry the arts and entertainment industry the live event industry went to a complete standstill yeah, i think all of us that work in a uh, live production uh, have a story similar to mine. I was in uh, Idaho at the time, in Boise, Idaho, uh, designing a program for a wonderful dance company out there called Ballet Idaho. This was mid-March, and um, I was sitting in the theater, uh, wrapping up notes, getting ready for a five o'clock dinner break, and they asked us to... Um, uh, to wash up about 15 minutes early and we went out to the loading dock and were informed that the city was likely going to, the city and state were likely going to uh, shut down public events and they decided that the responsible thing was to, uh, was to cancel the program, which was a bummer because this was uh, like any program, you know, um, uh, months in the making and we had been in the theater uh, for uh, almost a week at that point. And it was a really, it ended up being a really lovely program. And uh, this was Thursday afternoon. So Bally, Idaho did this really great thing. Uh, Thursday night, they, uh, they asked um, Frontrunner Films, uh, which is a uh, film production company that does a lot of um, promotional videos. Uh, they have a relationship with Ballet Idaho. They do a lot of their um, marketing and promo work. So they asked Frontrunner Films to come in and film our final dress on Thursday night. And then on Friday afternoon, we filmed what would have been the opening night performance without any uh, time for a camera rehearsal or any sort of direction. They um, 
took that footage, they got as much footage as they could, and they took that and cut it together and made a essentially a digital release of the program, which was really bittersweet because lovely to have all of our work on film and captured well and lovely to see it released to the public. But um, at the same time, it's not, it's never the same as having a show um, be performed live to uh, a room filled with, filled with hundreds or thousands of people. Uh, that was really uh, when the virus finally impacted my life and my career. Um, I flew home on March 14th, and uh, by the end of the month, my entire calendar year had been canceled. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a real shock to see your income and uh, all the possibilities uh, uh, for you to um, – uh, to work and to do projects kind of go up in smoke. I immediately did what every other uh, sole proprietor or independent contractor or self-employed individual uh, has done and has been doing. I applied for um, small business loans. I applied for unemployment and did my best to gain access to all of the um, financial uh, help offered by the government. and. Um, it was, and still is, uh, a mess. It's a difficult way to, I mean, I'm happy. I'm grateful to be privileged enough to have access to financial assistance. Um, uh, I'm so much luckier than so many people that are dealing with this pandemic. Um, but also it is frustrating to see, um, to see your livelihood, uh, depend on, a system uh, that was cobbled together and is broken in a lot of ways. So it was a real eye-opening experience for me. But I, uh, I managed to receive some assistance, and and now I, you know, now it's mid-May, and I'm sitting in my apartment, um, launching this podcast soon, and I am doing my best to feel grateful and stay positive. But it's going to be a long road back. Um, we were the first industry to, uh, to get shut down and we will be absolutely the last industry to open back up. Um, and there's something like 12 million of us working in, uh, in live events of some sort. So we are as an industry, uh, I think, uh, we're all really trying to reach out to each other to, uh, for support and for help and just for solidarity. So I have really valued being able to continue to connect with the other designers and production electricians and industry professionals that I know uh, during this time period. And um, also somewhat coincidentally, uh, a friend of mine who is an actor uh, started a podcast called Pillow Talk with Bros, um, which is a podcast that explores uh, masculinity. And uh, he launched his podcast uh, um, in early March. And um, I got to do an episode with him and it was very fun. And uh, I thought, you know what, I, I should do this. Uh, I should really do this. So I, I reached out to some folks and uh, discovered that you know, the, the industry that I have grown to know and love is filled with people that also want to connect. And in the, in the meantime, I've been just trying to focus on 
reminding myself that what we do has value. Having a career in a creative industry that supports theater and music and dance and art of and architecture is valuable. And I think now is a really good time for us to remind ourselves that it's valuable and to highlight the people that work in this industry. Um, and for me personally, you know, these people are a professional network, but they also feel like a second family. I think that not just my experience, but their collective experience is extremely valuable, you know, and I want to stay connected with them. I want to continue to learn from them. And I think that there are a lot of people that would, um, would find this really interesting and will find value in what they're saying. Early in my career, I had uh, a handful of mentors and colleagues who were really helpful, not just in uh, the advancement of my career, but also, um, you know, I got to learn from their experience and it really helped me make uh, good choices in my career. And uh, my hope is that this podcast helps pay that back in some way. I've always uh, gone out of my way to, whenever I can, pay it back to students or younger designers and technicians who are um, reaching out, looking for some assistance, trying to help build a career in this. So that is why I'm doing this podcast. Um, you're going to hear from a myriad of different types of folks. Um, we won't just focus on designers and technicians. Uh, we're going to bring on some artistic directors, some choreographers, um, hopefully some arts critics, and, um, and then also a myriad of designers and um, technicians as well. And my hope is that uh, uh, it's entertaining uh, and inspiring and uh, maybe a little silly, but also, um, I think, valuable. So thanks in advance for listening and checking out this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me and my work, you can see my portfolio on www.mmiller-lighting.com. And if you'd like to check out the podcast for real, our website is https colon backslash backslash talkaboutheindustry.podbean.com. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please feel free to give us a comment and a review. And if you have any questions or you'd like to reach out directly, you can contact us at talkaboutheindustrypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkaboutheindustrypodcast. Or on Instagram, where our Instagram handle is at T-A-T-I underscore podcast. Thanks very much, and we hope to see you next episode.